Astrology is a language that communicates how the planets and stars influence life on Earth. I'm Scott Tajarian. I'm an interpreter of this language. Join me and my co-host, Ingrid Iverson, who helps bring an even more practical look at this astral language. The Weekly Transit is here to bring clarity to the chaos so you can ride the planetary waves instead of the planets riding you. The Weekly Transit. What is happening? What is happening with you? How are you? Well, I had a very, very up and down week. Yeah? Yeah. I definitely had an emotional breakdown, but, uh-huh. you know, emotions are just so interesting. Sometimes there's not even like a trigger or an incident. It's just like life maybe just catches up with you and you mm-hmm. have some free time and then all of the shit comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Because I felt like I was doing really good. I felt like I was on this high from going to the breathwork thing and having all this connection. And then I went and saw my family and that felt really nice. And then I came home and I hadn't seen the guy that I was dating in like a week because I was just very busy. And I was like, I feel really good and very secure. We don't need to talk all the time for me to feel good. And I was like, you know, this feels great. I am feeling so good about myself. And then... Maybe like two days later, I started like melting down and I don't even know what just felt super depressed, very like, yeah, just disconnected from my friends, not productive. My house started looking like a absolute wreck and then that makes me feel even worse. And it was just like, I pulled myself together to go to like the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I was like, I all I have to do is if I can just buy some food for my house, then I'm going to start feeling better. And then I got home and I bought all these groceries and then I ate ice cream for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like I am not doing well. And just kind of like went downhill from there. And it was just like the worst I felt in like a while. And I kind of thought those really dark feelings had passed. Mm-hmm. But then I woke up in the morning and I had a great day. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Where did that come from? And why does it just show up just unannounced? What's interesting to me is how you qualify it. You know, you're like, (laughs) I was doing really good and I thought everything was good. (laughs) And then all of a sudden things weren't good. And I don't know. Is it too much to ask to like retrain ourselves to think that like when I'm happy, everything's good. And then when I'm sad, everything's bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, not labeling it so much as, like, a bad thing? Yeah. I I mean, I definitely am addicted to, like, the productivity and, like, the positive, you know, feeling. Ah, ah, addicted to the productivity <laughs> and the positive and all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah. you use that word addicted, mm-hmm. and it makes me think of it's like a drug. Mm. And when you take a drug, when you drink alcohol, when you're doing cocaine, heroin, you know, like, whatever it is people do... You get high. And then you have a come down. Yeah, you come down. So there's other ways to achieving highs without drugs and alcohol. Yours is like keeping busy. Mm -hmm. If I'm busy, if I'm doing stuff, then it's like everything's fine. I'm being productive. I'm going here. I'm going there. And and you're such a busy body. Yeah. And then. Totally. And then it catches up to you. And it's like, whoa, you have to slow down here. You, you, it, there's the ebb and flow. Yeah, it's maybe just triggered by burnout, nothing in particular. Mm-hmm. 
you haven't given your your body, your soul a moment to rest. And it's like you're gonna fucking sit here and you're gonna just not move. Yeah. And I guess I just don't I don't like that. <laughs> you know, learning how to and I maybe I'm just not good at really like nurturing that time. You know, maybe I could have taken a bath and like done something that was kind of nothing but felt nurturing mm-hmm. and also had the space to just be but instead I like sat on Instagram and that made me feel worse because I was just like I'm not doing anything like maybe if I would have put on a movie or like taken a bath it would have felt like a healthy downtime instead of just feeling like comatose and like starting to like hate myself hmm. why were you hating yourself well definitely part of it is like when my house gets messy I was just talking with my therapist about it like growing up our house wasn't always the most like beautiful inside I mean like it wasn't the most organized Mm -hmm. and I remember always being embarrassed because I wanted it to be perfect like I had a friend and her house was always like you know white carpets everything was sparkling all the time you know and their family had tons of baggage so You know, it was just like this illusion that I thought would make me feel good about myself. And so I would, you know, maybe not invite friends over or be embarrassed. And then I I even have like a particular memory of like this one girl who had more money than us and this big, beautiful house. And they had like a maid, which I thought was like so crazy. I'm like, oh, my God, she's like rich. She has a maid, which I mean, now I know is not that crazy to have a maid. Mm -hmm. That was her mom's house. And then one day she had a party at her dad's house. And she invited all these people there and her dad's house felt just like my house. Mm -hmm. You know, part of it was under construction. It wasn't perfectly clean. It wasn't perfectly decorated. And I was like, oh, she's obviously not embarrassed at all not to have like the nicest things Mm -hmm. and the nicest space. So I don't know. I feel like, you know, somewhere in my childhood, I definitely got some sort of sensitivity to wanting maybe some sort of perfectionism. Like if I have everything, you know, brand new and sparkly and clean, then everyone will like like me or something. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe I'm a, like a fear of rejection or something. If somebody really knew how things were, then they wouldn't like me as much. So I think like now, especially when my space starts getting cluttered or there's dishes and like shit is just everywhere, then I start to get really hard on myself. Instead of resting, I end up feeling bad because I'm not doing all the things. Well, this is... Like what we've been talking about in the weeks leading up to now with all that Pisces energy that was happening, you know, and it's still happening with Jupiter and Neptune both in Pisces. So they're maintaining that undertone where we have to really look at what's going on beneath the surface with ourselves while at the same time with the Sun and Mercury and Chiron all in Aries, it's about you know, showing your face, like being self-confident. And so you have to give yourself a moment to collect yourself and rest, reflect on why you're feeling the way that you're feeling, and then find the love for yourself. It sounds like you're running from something. You're running from the past. In the moment of darkness, I don't even really know what to do. It just feels horrible and no amount of digging really seems to do anything except for digging me deeper. I feel like the next, sometimes I think it's just okay to be in that dark space, but also remind ourselves that it's all temporary because in the morning it just lifted and I was like, okay. And then I could be more reflective of maybe what that meant. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just so weird how things come and go. Like 
you know, the planets are always kind of moving and showing us something. So it's like the next day I had a lot of reflective moments, but in that space of darkness, it was just like, maybe I did need to go really deep and feel really alone and just feel like shit and just have a reminder that, yeah, you felt amazing all week, but you wouldn't know what good feels like unless you also know what bad feels like. And then also the thing with the productivity, it's like, yeah, you can go, go, go all the time, but you also need downtime to rest. So (sighs) yes, the sun goes up, the sun goes down, the tide rolls in, the tide rolls out. I also get like mildly depressed every day when the sun goes down. I'm like, is that a thing? Is that anyone else out there? Is that like a thing that people feel? I don't know if I feel seasonal depression so much mm, because... That's like my favorite time of the day. Really? Yeah. Is when the sun is setting. Yeah. Chris yeah. too, he like loves when the sun goes down. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, yeah. Well, then I feel like I can't be productive. Like I can't do anything productive at night. So then I get depressed. Yeah. It's like, oh no, the day's gone. Uh-huh. There's nothing <laughs> left. I didn't do enough. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're so hard on yourself. Ah, uh, it's so hard to unpack it. You're so hard on yourself. Really going to need to learn how to relax. Yeah. Isn't that what that breathwork class was all about? Learning to relax? Sure. Mm, no. It's like grounding yourself so that you can be more at peace. Mm, I mean. What's the purpose of breathwork? To give yourself space to unpack your baggage and like. That's just like a meditation, an active meditation. So whatever's like under the surface, you can get out whatever's lingering there all the time. I mean, they do say in breath work, maybe the next day you might feel like crunchy is what she always says. Like Mm -hmm. you felt really good and you got all this stuff out and the Mm -hmm. next day you might feel like extra irritable. Yeah. But maybe I just went straight into all this family stuff and organizing their house and painting and construction stuff. And then. You know, maybe I didn't get oh, to feel. Oh, you just kept going. Mm-hmm. That's so Ingrid. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I just did a very intense two-day breathwork intensive, a two-day breathwork course, intensive, intensive course. What am I going to do after? I'm not going to rest. I'm going to drive down to my mom and dad's house and paint the kitchen with my with my whole family, my sister, too. <laughs> I mean, What? I mean, I went home that night and rested, and then I went to my family's house in the next morning. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me, Ingrid. I mean, it makes sense to me for you, but because that's how you are. Well, we planned on that like weeks before because my dad was going to be out of town and my mom was going to be alone. So Okay, okay, okay. I mean, sure, absolutely. So I just wanted to do all the things. I, I was like, do I take this class? Because I was supposed to go to my mom's house earlier in the mm-hmm. for the weekend. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm going to just not go so many days and I'm going to do both. You like... That was a decision that... Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess going into it, I knew that was a, that was a lot. You like to pack it in. You like to pack well, it in. Also, when I'm feeling good, then I'm just like, okay, I have to keep going because I don't know how long this will last because then it goes so away. So now and you're I, coming from a place of scarcity. Yeah, it totally feels like that, though. I always, I have this saying, all I need is one good day because I could do nothing for an entire week. No. And then in one day, if I feel good, then I'll get to do all of my stuff. But the rest of the week, I'm just like waiting for one day to feel good. Hmm. I'm sure that's some sort of mental illness. I don't think that's normal. (laughs) Wow. I don't know. (sighs) That seems extreme. So you have one good day a week. Or maybe I have a, a handful of them and then I'm very grateful, but... You know, maybe they come, like, I'll have a couple of good days in a row. Hmm. Yeah, it feels very much like a a pendulum 
Yeah, so you want to climb to the top of the pendulum. Without swinging back the other direction? So that, so that your swings are not so wide. Oh, I see. You know? It's, it swings to one side. You're like, oh, my God, life's amazing. Everything's great. I, I healed myself, and everything's so wonderful, and, and it's all good. And then it's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, I want life to be over. I hate my life. It's <laughs> over. I hate it. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's and it. back and forth between those two extremes. Yeah, that's how it feels. <laughs> okay. So how do, I cl- how, do I climb, how do I climb up higher? By managing your expectations with everything. Yeah, expectations really fuck it up. It, it's like a, I mean, expectations are like a figment of our imagination, like a lie that we create. We like paint this little mm-hmm. dream world. Mm-hmm. And then when it doesn't happen the way we picture it, then we get, or I <laughs> get really irritable. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to do all these things today and I don't feel like it. And now I am mad at myself because mm-hmm. I didn't accomplish enough. Yeah. Hmm. Well, hopefully this week, maybe my energy will be more balanced. Well, this week is definitely going to have a lot of energy. Okay. No That's for sure. I mean, it's going to be very, very powerful energy because a lot of things are happening in Aries. Before we get into the week, do yeah. you want to go over any questions? Oh, yeah. Do we have questions? We actually have a lot of questions, mm-hmm. but let's see. Well, the first one says, what books on astrology does Scott recommend for amateur astrologers? Well, Blue Gingham, Scott wrote a book, and it's called The Basics of Astrology, and it's actually available right now on, if you go to Amazon, it's on the, the Kindle Unlimited program. So it's free to anyone who has Kindle Unlimited or it is $10. So go get your first astrology book. I don't know, Scott, do you have any other recommendations besides, you know, the guidebook that you wrote? Um, I'm not a person who really spends too much time reading books. Like I read biographies. That's what interests me. But as far as astrology books go, I just kind of, I've like cherry picked and like, looked at, you know, this part of this book or that part of that book and just learn what I need to learn. But really the way that I learned astrology was by looking at thousands and thousands of charts. So, but I do like Llewellyn's Complete Book of Astrology by Chris Brandt Risk. I like that book. And I also like Astrology for the Soul by Jan Spiller. That's an, that's another good book. That one kind of keys in on the North Node. Ooh, I love the so, North Node. Yes. The other book by Chris Brandt Risk is more of like, it's a book that that is for people that are new to astrology, but it can also help you get to more an advanced level maybe. So I like that book. Amazing. But of course, the basics of astrology is the foundation of the symbols, especially. I really think even though it's so simple, yours is more like a glossary. So it's mm-hmm. like each symbol, kind of the keywords and phrases so you can grasp it. Mm-hmm. But when you're using it in that way as more of a glossary, mm-hmm. I think you become more intuitive. I don't need, yes. I don't feel like I ever need to read a book on astrology after working on this book with you because mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I not know all I need to know, but I have the basics to put it together and kind of come up with my own conclusion for what is happening with the those keywords totally 
That's the point. Yes, exactly. That's it. Learning the symbols, and when you do, it's like they speak to you, in a sense. I, the only astrology education I have is from just sitting with you here on the podcast and helping you with that book. So, I mean, I think that says a lot. There's not... Yeah, because you know a lot yeah. about <laughs> astrology now. More than you, you even think you know. You send me the the newsletter images, and uh-huh. I can just look at them and get a feeling of what that day means. And exactly. I think that, that is the most the most accessible thing for me is to be able to look at that picture or hear an alignment that someone talks about and just have a feeling for what that means for me. Yes, exactly. Awesome. And then I have a couple questions that are uh, kind of related. Mm-hmm. Maya soul wants to know what several, she wants to know if having several planets in the same house means anything in particular, which we already covered last week last or the week, week before. Yeah. Or the week before. Totally. That's a stellium. It's intense. So that's just a concentration of energy in a certain house. Exactly. Yes. Sarah Reese wants to know what it means if you have no planets in certain houses. Hers in particular, she doesn't have any in her second house. So if you don't have any planets in a house, then it just means that the energy of that house is based on the sign that the house is in. So if your second house is in Leo then you're probably somebody who spends money like a king or a queen. So that would be more of the focus. And then that's the focus. And then if you have a stellium or planets in other houses, it's like adding all these different ingredients to a dish. It's like, well, if there's more cilantro in it, it's going to taste more like cilantro. So like those other areas will have a bigger impact and a bigger presence in your life. It's like if Mars is in the second house, let's say, then you're driven to make money. You might be driven to spend money too. Uh, okay. If if Jupiter's in the second house, that brings abundance to your material security, but it can also create more debt. If Saturn's there, then it means that there's restriction in the way that you make money, but if you do the work required to make money, you have the ability to make a lot of money. So it, it all depends on the planet that's there and the energy of that planet. But also she's kind of asking, what about the lack of a planet there? That just means there's less The lack of a planet there means that all we're talking about is the sign that's, that's in that house. So the So is it less impactful that way, that area of your life or not? Well, not necessarily. Yeah, it's, it's less impactful. It's less impactful. I mean, I, it's one of those things where it's like people will always say, like, I don't have any planets in the seventh house. That means I'm never going to get married. That's why I don't really like to say that. Or I don't have any planets in the fifth house. That's the house of children. That means I'm never going to have children. No. You know, there. yeah, there's less of a focus there. But there's, there's less still the energy sign. there. But there is, yeah. We all have something there no matter what. Even exactly. if there's no planets there, we still have some sort of focus. We all yes. do. Yes. What sign is your seventh house in if there's no planets there but it's in a sign which everybody their seventh house is in some sign so that's going to tell you the energy of that house and then ash tammer is asking what can an extremely retrograde chart mean the way i look at it is i think of a tree and the direct planets are the branches that you can see the retrograde planets are the roots that you can't see. They're there, they're impactful, but they're not 
visible to you. So if somebody has multiple planets in retrograde, their experience of the energy of those planets is more internal mm. than external. So you don't necessarily see that in your friend, but what they're feeling in themselves. I see. Amazing. Well, I think we covered a lot of questions. Okay, cool. Shall we get into the week? Yeah, every week there's just more and more questions. There was even more, but... <laughs> oh, you know what? Also, I'm just curious. It what? seems like everyone out there really likes asking us questions, but maybe you guys can tell us, write us on Instagram at the Weekly Transit or at Inguru, and just let us know, do you like hearing the questions asked on the podcast? Is that is that interesting to you guys? I'm I'm just wondering. I mean, I like answering them. I'm just wondering if we've gone a long way from D's nuts. I know that was, our, was first... our first, <laughs> <laughs> the first time we told everyone to ask questions. One person responded and, and wrote D's nuts. <laughs> so I think in this week we've got that was like, the best. <laughs> we've oh got God. like 10 questions this week. So I think we've come a long way from there. God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Scott texted me a screenshot of D's nuts. I was like, okay, this is incredible. That moment, I was like, okay, this is a dumb idea. Like, I don't want to be getting these messages every week. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. It's yeah. Absurd. Okay. <sighs> yes. Ingrid. So thank you everyone for all of our very thoughtful astrology related questions. Yeah. Okay, so this is the week of March 28th to April 3rd. March 28th to April 3rd. And the big news this week is the new moon in Aries. I think all my moon cycle classes are full, but if you're interested, check it out and you will learn about the new moon and the full moon and how they're affecting you directly. Monday, March 28th. Do you see what I'm looking at here, Ingrid? I do. We've got a lot of Aquarius energy happening. Yes. So Venus, the goddess of love and beauty, the planet of relationships, in conjunction with Saturn, the god of wealth and time, the planet of restriction, responsibility, hard work, authority, and achievement. Both together in Aquarius, the sign that is ruled by Saturn, the fixed air sign symbolized by the water bear representing the community, the group, the club, the organization, the social network or cause. So Venus in conjunction with Saturn. Venus for several weeks was in conjunction with Mars. Now it's kind of pulling away from Mars. A lot of... Uh, conflict that was potentially happening with relationships uh, <laughs> through mid-February into mid-March. And uh, now hopefully those conflicts have been alleviated in some way. Maybe there's been some breakups or maybe some people connecting. When I'm looking at this, I see taking responsibility mm -hmm. for how you're showing up in your relationships in the community. Yes. So that seems very fitting. Like after maybe there was some conflict, mm -hmm. both parties are taking responsibility Yes. or maybe asking others to take responsibility. Yes. And also the Aquarius energy has a, a bit of detachment to mm -hmm. the emotions. Mm -hmm. So it makes it much easier to talk about maybe what happened emotionally without the emotional attachment. So you yes. can... It becomes easier to take responsibility when you're not feeling like so like triggered or whatever you want to call it. It's about being logical. Yeah. This is what happened. These are the facts. Take responsibility for your part in the equation. And I'm going to take responsibility for my part in the equation. 
That's it. It's always nice when we have the opportunity to reflect in that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, take advantage of this time because we don't always have it. And I love when that logic comes in. It really just, yeah, allows us to take responsibility and, yeah, not get overwhelmed with emotion. Mm-hmm. The challenge, though, is if the other side isn't taking responsibility, <laughs> Uh-oh. you might feel restricted in the relationship. It's like, how can I move forward? Who am I partnering with? What are we working to achieve? Like, if, if this person is not holding themselves accountable for what they agreed upon, how can I continue moving forward? So you might feel restricted or limited, but hopefully you're partnered with people that are, everyone is taking responsibility and holding themselves accountable. And if so, this is an opportunity to really push forward in a positive way towards what you want to accomplish and achieve. Okay, so I'm already seeing the other alignment and I kind of have like maybe a prediction of how it might be relating to this energy. Like if the partner is not taking responsibility and you're feeling that imbalance and restriction. What is the other alignment? uh, We've got the North Node in Taurus. Yes. Sextile with Neptune. Yes. Sextile with Neptune in Pisces. Yes. So the North Node... (laughs) which is the karmic pathway of the soul, the soul's purpose in the fixed earth sign of Taurus, symbolized by the bull, aligning in a sextile, which is a supportive aspect with Neptune, the god of fresh water in the sea, the planet of illusion, deception, compassion, and intuition in Pisces, the sign that it rules the mutable water sign symbolized by the fish. So how I see it is this Neptune in Pisces energy is like the illusion that we create in our mind Mm -hmm. that maybe we made up about this person. Mm. We wanted them to be a certain way. They didn't own up to our invisible made up standards that we created in our mind. Mm -hmm. And then we're having this logical conversation, taking responsibility. And it's like, oh, that's going to shift your material, the material, how, how we relate to the material world maybe it's a shift in your business relationship or your romantic relationship but maybe dissolving some of those illusions we have of other people Mm. and maybe they didn't take responsibility for what they did but they didn't agree to that maybe there was no conversation before maybe some of this is in our own mind yes so you're fooling yourself in some way yeah somehow relating like just some clarity in the subconscious of these illusions we can create And maybe the same of other people having like an illusion or I guess maybe a better word is expectations. Mm -hmm. But it is. It's these illusions we have of what other people should be doing or should not be doing. Hmm. Yes. I see it as the North Node in Taurus. It's about honoring what you value within yourself and how that's reflected in the world around you. So another way to look at it is the connection to Neptune is your dreams, How do your dreams align with what you value? Are you seeing your dreams come into your reality? How can you bring your dreams into reality by honoring what you value within yourself so that you see it in the material reality around you? Okay, so I have a question. Yeah. 
So when we have two separate alignments, mm-hmm. like I was kind of connecting it to the first alignment. Yes. Does that work that way as totally, well? Totally. Absolutely. Okay. And especially these two, because I don't want to confuse you more, but like, uh, it's very simple here. Look at the, look at the numbers, Saturn and, and Venus are at 21 and Neptune and the North Node are at 23. So 23 and 21 are close to each other. So okay. those of you out there that have key astrological points near to 21 or 23 degrees are potentially being affected by all of these alignments that we're talking about today. So when you're talking about like what you were sharing, when you bring it into like relationship responsibility, part of the responsibility of the relationship is values. You know, do we value the same things? Like we don't necessarily have to value all the same things, but at the very least, you need to respect what I value and I need to respect what you value. Yeah. And if there's something off about that, then how can we show each other compassion? How can we show each other compassion? How can I show myself compassion? If I show myself compassion, maybe I'm less hard on you. Yeah. If you show yourself compassion, maybe you're less hard on me. And if we're less hard on each other, then we're creating the space for both of us to want to step into our power and our position of authority and say, this is what I'm responsible for. I'm, I'm owning this, that this is my responsibility in this relationship. And you're saying the same thing. Uh, Yeah. And this is what I'm responsible for. I'm bringing that to the table too. So hopefully with the compassion and the value and the responsibility and that logic detached essence that you were talking about, hopefully those four will be able to create a circumstance that really pushes your relationships, especially those that you are working to accomplish goals with, closer to your goals. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Tuesday, March 29th. We're looking at two planets in Taurus and Pisces again. Except this time it's the moon in Pisces, the planet of emotions, and Uranus, the primordial sky god, the planet of revolution, rebellion, innovation, independence, and the unexpected, which is in Taurus. So Uranus is shaking up what we value, and the moon is bringing that emotional sensitivity to our psychological baggage so that we can show ourselves more compassion. So again, we're looking at Two of the same themes, but two different planets. So compassion, the unconscious, and what we value, our personal value. So if you are having trouble in your unconscious, if you're in the fetal position in bed, and you're like... (laughs) No, not me. I would never be there. (laughs) I've done everything wrong in my life. I'm worthless. I hate myself. Show yourself compassion. Ground yourself into what you value. Recognize that what you value matters. It matters to every single person you come into contact with, whether they acknowledge it or not. Because you are a divine reflection to every person you come into contact with. So you have value in that way. So I think this is an opportunity to, yeah, like you said, the compassion doesn't come around all the time. mm -hmm. So we're going to have this softness and like acceptance. Yes, uh, we want the acceptance. Once we have the acceptance, we've we've shown ourselves compassion so that we can integrate 
these feelings that are draining us, mm. that are pulling us down with understanding, forgiveness, and love, when you're there, then you can actually say, I know what I value. Yeah. And this matters to me. And it matters to me. And that matters. And so... I mean, that gives your life value and purpose. Exactly. When you know what's important to because yourself. Because the whole point about this, and, and this is... <laughs> This is one of these alignments that comes up literally every 28 days. And it has for the last two plus years, no, three years, for the last three years when Uranus moved into Taurus, which was March of 2019. So it's going to continue doing this until 2026. These moments of compassion for yourself so that you can truly value what it is you value and because the whole purpose of Uranus and Taurus is to push you towards your financial independence, to your material independence. And in order to get there, you have to show yourself compassion. If you're constantly blaming yourself, then you don't think you deserve anything that you value. So this is an alignment that shows up every 28 days to remind you that you deserve what you value because you have value. That's a very nice lesson. I'll take it. I hope so. I hope so. And yeah, okay. I could go on and on about this one. But let's move on to Wednesday, March 30th. So now we're looking at two symbols that we were talking about on Monday. Venus, the goddess of love and beauty, the planet of relationships in Aquarius, has now moved to 23 degrees where it aligns with the North Node, the soul's purpose, the karmic pathway of the soul in Taurus. So this creates a square because Venus is in Aquarius, which is fixed air. The North Node is in Taurus, which is fixed earth. So both fixed, that makes a strong connection, but air and earth don't mix. That creates the tension, the square. So maybe there's some conflict going on in terms of what you value. So Venus is the planetary ruler of Taurus. Venus is the planet that represents the senses. The senses, the five physical senses, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, these senses are what give us our sense of value. I like this. This tastes good. This smells good. This looks good. This sounds good. This feels good. This feels good. Exactly. I'm seeing possibly now yesterday, you really had some compassion for what you value and you're learning to value yourself and value your values. You're worth it. Mm -hmm. And maybe the people you're in community with don't understand your values. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that square comes in. Yes. So there may be some conflicts about what you value and how that's matching up with those that you're in relationship with in the broader scheme, like the community, any group club organization that you're a part of. But Venus is an Aquarius, which is an air sign. So maybe there's some communication that needs to happen here. And through that conversation and through using the logic and sticking to the facts of that Aquarius energy, we can see that, you know what, I don't value what you value, but doesn't bother me. You know, I, I still can respect you, even though you value something different than me. Could this possibly be a time for like a shift in relationship dynamics? But since it's in Aquarius, it doesn't feel so negative per se. It's like, okay, maybe we're not as close as we used to be because we don't value the same things, but that's fine. We don't have to have a fight about it just because there's like a disagreement. I love that. Absolutely. That's perfect. Yes. Yeah. You, we don't like the same things, but I really don't give a shit. 
<laughs> exactly. You do you, and I'm, I'll do me. And that's and that's the water bear energy. That's the energy of Aquarius. Is like, yeah, you do you, I'll do me. Like everybody's gonna have their own opinion. I can't control everybody's opinion. So as long as you're not fucking with me, then I'm not gonna fuck with you. Awesome. Exactly. <laughs> so you you like what you like. You believe what you want to believe, and I'm gonna like what I like and believe what I want to believe. There's no problem here. All right. Thursday, March 31st, the new moon in Aries. Is this kind of like our new year, the astrological new year intention setting time? Yeah, I love that. Yes, it's like the kickoff of the astrological new year. You yeah. know, like we talked about it being when the sun moves into Aries, but really this is like the, the kickoff of the intention setting because Aries is the first sign. It's the sign that represents the self. This is the sign that represents your face. Your body, your personality, that's what Aries is about. It's about showing up, showing out, putting your face out there, kicking down the door. Confidence. Confidence. So how do we want to show up in the world? Yes. The intention is you're setting your intentions to be authentic. To be ourselves. Yes. To be authentic. To be yourself. Maybe asking ourselves, like, who are we? Who do we... Who am I? I was going to say, who do we want to be? But not even that. It's... Yeah, who am who, who am, am I? I? Who am I? <laughs> who am I? Because I'm putting myself out there and I'm trying to pretend to be this person or that person because I want these people to like me. And I think that they're only going to like me if I pretend to be like this person or that person or whatever person they want me to be. And eventually, your arms get so tired from holding up the facade. I mean, that's me and my obsessive thing about having the organized space mm -hmm. that facade of everything's in its place and i'm like perfect in some way because my house is clean yes so it's just about accepting yourself whether your house is clean or not that sometimes your house is going to be clean and sometimes it's not whoa holy shit you're a human being you're, you're... <laughs> <laughs> damn it being a human is hard <laughs> i mean your house sometimes is going to be a little bit in disarray i imagine everybody's is at some point in time so you know i come over it's fine it's studio ingaroo i feel comfortable here i'm not tripping over like clothes and furniture in the middle of the room <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> so this new moon is setting your intentions to have the confidence to be authentic, to be yourself, to ask yourself, who am I? And then putting that person out there. It starts with self-love. I'm setting my intentions to love myself. Yes, love myself. I'm going to love myself. When I go to bed at night, I'm going to say, I love you, Scott. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to say, I love you, Scott. When I look in the mirror, I'm going to say, I love you, Scott. That makes me smile. I like thinking about that. <laughs> it sounds so silly, but it really feels good to hear someone else say that about themselves. Yes. Yes. It's not being an arrogant prick, which is what I think some people might say. Well, I can't say that. That's just I, I'm, then people will think I'm full of myself. No, no, no. Well, if you don't love yourself, then how are you even going to have a good life? How are you going to put the frequency out there of love? If you want others to love you, then you need to love yourself. Also, if you can be accepting of other people and their flaws, like why can't we be accepting of our own? Well, and that's the thing. Trying to think of it as you don't have any flaws. You're perfect. And I'm not even saying that to be nice. I'm saying that as a fact. 
you are perfect because you are exactly who you need to be for every person that you come into contact with because you are reflecting the people that you come into contact with so that they can learn about themselves whether they understand it or not. And so you are exactly who you are supposed to be. So continue to focus on being yourself. You know, just through this podcast, I share a lot of my like dirty laundry or the things about myself that I don't particularly like. And I get the most amount of feedback and messages about it helping other people not feel so alone. And that makes me feel not alone. So it really is like just showing up as we are. And that happens to be perfect. Otherwise, we would all just still feel alone. Exactly. Trying to accept myself <laughs> and be like, okay, this is this is what's happening, even though it's not always pretty. Mm-hmm. We can't all be pretty all the time and have it together all the time. Exactly. Like if you're putting yourself out there like, I'm angry, I'm perfect, I'm this, that, and the next thing in that sort of fake way mm-hmm. where I'm saying you're perfect, you're perfect with all your flaws, yeah. which are which – are, you can't really be objective about flaws. What one person might think is a flaw is what other someone else might think is something amazing about you. So when you put yourself out there in an authentic way, then you get authentic feedback. You get authentic responses. And, and there's a deeper connection between you and the other people because what you're showing them is real. And that's what Aries is about. It's about being real. It's not about being fake. It's not about pretending. But there is a shadow side to Aries, which is if you are living out of fear, then you are taking out your insecurities on someone else. Mm -hmm. You're hurt. You're afraid. So now I'm going to tear somebody else down to my level. So that is what could be happening during the new moon in Aries, during these planets in Aries. People are scared. People are afraid. And so they want to tear down other people to their level. I mean, an Aries is very hot. It's a fire sign, mm-hmm. so it can be very blunt. If somebody doesn't like something about you, maybe they're not being their kindest self, and that's probably because they're not being the kindest to themselves either. Exactly. Fire can warm a room on a cold winter's night, or it can burn down the house. <laughs> it's all how you're working with the energy. Yeah, we're going to try not to burn any houses down. Yes. So share your warmth. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's it. Share your warmth rather than burn somebody. Friday, April 1st, more Aries. The sun has now moved on into conjunction with Chiron, the wound, and the ancient wisdom that is unlocked through healing that wound. I'm not really sure how to take this one because it's like Aries is confidence, and then Chiron is like the wound and the wisdom unlocked through healing the wound. So maybe if you're stepping into being authentic, then you're healing that wound? Yes. So it's like I set my intention to be authentic, to have the courage, to love myself and to have the courage to be authentic. And then the planets go, okay, we're going to give you your biggest insecurity right in your face. (laughs) And it's like, oh no, not this. (laughs) Not that one. Anything but that one. Exactly. So with the sun bringing its light, life and vitality to the wound, it's going to shine that light on your insecurities. So literally as the new moon is happening, you're also potentially going to be experiencing your insecurities. They're going to come out in a real way, and you're going to have that opportunity to act from fear or to respond from a place of true love for yourself and courage. It's almost like a test. It's like you set your intention yesterday Mm -hmm. and today. It's like, okay, well, are you going to show up to do the thing you said you were going to do? Exactly. 
Exactly. It's going to be uncomfy to heal the wound to your self-confidence. It means, you know, maybe acting confident when you don't really feel it and seeing what happens and that in turn will heal that wound. Yes, exactly. So get ready to be uncomfy. Potentially. I also kind of thought if anyone is still living in that fear, then this is like an extra, an extra triggering day. Mm -hmm. If it's like you're already trying to heal this wound and you're not stepping into it, it's like then you might want to hide even more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to hide, the bully is going to find you. I think of Aries as like the bully and the hero. Okay. It's going to like rip you out of your comfort zone. Exactly. If you're trying to hide right now, Mm -mm. the bully's going to find you. Your fears are going to find you. They are going to hunt you down. So rather than be hunted, be the hunter. Turn and face your fears and run towards them. Such a good, (laughs) a good phrase. I love that. Like, I just think you bully. I just think of like those like horror movies, you know, where it's like somebody's running through the forest and like the, the monster or whatever is, is behind them and, and they're tripping over every single (laughs) stick. It's like, what if that person just turned around and started running towards the monster? Fuck you. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You can't take me down. Exactly. Okay. Did you move to the next day, Ingrid? Yes. Oh, God. It's uh, Way more Aries energy. Ah. (laughs) Saturday, April 2nd, and more Aries energy. We've got, like, was a triple conjunction here? The sun is still in conjunction with Chiron, but Mercury joins the party. The messenger of the gods, the planet of communication, coordination, and consciousness, the, the god of merchants and thieves, Moving through Aries, conversations are hot. Maybe there's arguments happening, but it's bringing your conscious awareness to the wound and it's, it's lighting you up. It's lighting up your mind. It's, it's, if, if you were hiding, it's like the words today feel like they're going to be flowing. I mean, I'm just, I'm really fascinated about the children that are being born right now uh, because whenever Mercury is conjunct with the sun, it, it, it breeds very bright individuals or athletes, but these are also going to have that ancient wisdom with their self-confidence, but the wound as well. So it's like super confident, but also really insecure oh. in how to find that balance between the two. But for all of us that are here now as adults, this is just another opportunity to ask yourself, what am I afraid of? What are my fears? What are my insecurities? Really think about it. Think about it. Become conscious of it. Become conscious of it. Yes. How can I become conscious of my fears? Because I can't face my fears unless I know what my fears are. And even just realizing what they are kind of diminishes their energy a bit. Yes. Exactly. I always think of that. I've probably said it before, but I think of that movie Labyrinth, Labyrinth with David Bowie. And he's like the bad guy in the movie. But then at the end of the movie, it's like they open up the closet and he's just hanging out there with like the stuffed animals. He's not (laughs) scary at all. So if you're hiding from your fears, face your fears, ask yourself, what are my fears? Think about it, become conscious of it. And that will help you challenge and embrace your courageous nature. Sunday, April 3rd, we're looking at another conjunction, except now we've moved on from Aries into Taurus, where we have the moon and Uranus. So the moon conjunct with Uranus in Taurus, the planet of emotions and the planet of revolution in the material 
sign of Taurus symbolized by the bull. What do you value on an emotional level that is unique to you? What do you value on an emotional level that is unique to you? This is why Taurus comes right after Aries. Because in order to be clear about what it is you value, you have to be clear about who you are. In order to be clear about who you are, you got to go through Pisces. you got to clear out the baggage. The planets are incredible. Yes. This is how it works. This is why Pisces precedes Aries, which precedes Taurus. you can't, You got to go through Pisces first. Clear that psychological baggage so that you can get to Aries and be confident in who you are so that you can get to Taurus and be confident about what you want, what you feel you deserve. So embrace your independence, embrace your individuality and what it means to you on an emotional level in terms of what you value. I like this. I don't like that. Okay, that's fine. That's you. That's not me. But it's it's all good. Once we get to a place where I feel like we're seeing the reward as in this alignment today, it's like, oh, well, we can look back on the Aries energy and be like, oh, even though that felt scary or, you know, it's kind of like in the future, we're doing this. We know in advance what's going to happen with mm-hmm, the planet. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, maybe initially you might be scared to have that Aries energy because it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. to be stepping into your power and being confident about who you are and healing these wounds. But it's yes. like, oh, well, if I know I'm doing it to get here. Exactly. This is the goal. Yeah, I have a goal in mind, so it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's for nothing. It's not just like hard work for no reason. It's like we are going to grow and, and be able to get to Sunday. Yes, and that's the goal. The goal is to have the confidence to say, I'm worth this. So does this mean we get to like buy ourselves something nice today? <laughs> <laughs> is this a treat day? Yeah, it's a treat day, Ingrid. I mean, anytime Definitely. I see anytime I see Taurus, I think about kind of spending money on myself. Like, when the moon is in Taurus, you know, it's like in, enjoy your senses. Enjoy the five physical senses. Enjoy what it means to be a human being, a physical soul on planet Earth. Enjoy good food and great art and a nice bouquet of flowers, maybe, you know, whatever enlivens your senses. Yeah, I just picked some flowers outside in the neighborhood on my walk because the whole neighborhood here smells like jasmine and like I know, orange I blossoms. Love it. I love this this time of year in LA with the jasmine. The Dude, night jasmine is so I just picked some and I put it in my house and like every time I come into a room I'm like, oh my God, it smells so good. It's just yes. like those little moments of just yeah, tapping into your senses it can mm-hmm. be so powerful. Yes. Absolutely. Awesome, Ingrid. Anything else this week? That's it. Amazing. I'll see you next week. Happy Astrological New Year. Oh, yeah. Happy Astrological New Year to you, Ingrid, and to all of our amazing listeners. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next week. Maybe you all can send in your intentions. Send us your intentions for who you want to be. That was the question, right? Set your intentions for... Set your intentions to embrace your authenticity. So who are you in your most authentic expression of yourself. Awesome. We'll see you next week, Scott. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Weekly Transit. Follow us on Instagram for daily updates about the planetary alignments and how to work with the energy. If this podcast is helping you navigate life more gracefully, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and share with your friends. If you're ready to go deeper, book a personal reading with Scott or sign up for his new moon full moon class at theweeklytransit.com. Transit, 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 transit.